great to see so many folk here this morning and I just want to uh, welcome you here. Uh, my name's Sean and I'll uh, be hosting this morning. If you are a, a visitor, this is your first time with us, you're especially welcome and I, I hope that as you came in you were uh, greeted by our wonderful welcome uh, team in their yellow polo shirts and purple top things. Hoodies. Hoodie. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a hoodie for those of you. Right. Moving on swiftly from the hoodies. We are a. That's all right, Sean. As a church, we believe God is active through His Holy Spirit in our church today, and. Because of that, we are in expectation that he will speak to us and through us. So if you feel you've got a prophecy or a word or a passage of scripture you want to share with us this morning so everyone can hear, please come to the, the front and ha uh, have a chat with me and we can work out how we can best fit that in. Children, you probably all know, but uh, you'll be uh, going downstairs about quarter to, so three songs in. And Katie will be uh, letting you know when. Parents, you need to please take your children down and sign them in. If you don't know where you're going, please, if you're going out that door, please follow the crowd. Today we'll be uh, taking communion a little bit later on, and then Andrew will be sharing from God's word. But before that, we're going to worship our God. And just before we do, and I'll hand over to Katie in a moment, I just want to pray. Lord, I thank you that we're not coming before an idol or made by human hands. But we come before the one who made us, the creator of all things. And I thank you that it's not a, a creeping in. Instead, you welcome us with open arms. You delight over us. You pour out your spirit upon us. And Lord, I pray, have your way amongst us both corporately and individually this morning. May our lives be changed as we come into your presence. May we know your leading in all that we do. And may you get all the glory, Lord. Amen. Katie. Thank you, Sean. Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you here. Oh, that was nice, a resounding good morning. Um, if you are able and willing, can I invite you please to stand? We are going to worship our amazing God this morning.
going to stay in this moment of worship and praise. Sean is going to bring something to us. Please stay standing. Let's stay in this moment. Um, I was reminded I went about a week and a half ago to something at Amory Hill that they put on for year nine students with a neuroscientist. And there are four chemicals that we have that we can increase to make us feel better. I can tell you all because he gave a mnemonic. I won't know. There. Come and ask later. But we can do things to increase those chemicals to make us feel good. For example, the sunshine. You go for a walk in the sun and you feel better. And there's a scientific reason behind it. And then I thought, but we've got one better thing than those chemicals. Yes, they work, but we've got God. We have the Holy Spirit who can make us feel good. Thank you, Sean. Amen. We're going to sing, Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and he's fighting our battles for us. Whatever you're coming with this morning, whether you're fighting a battle or you're here in just absolute celebration because something great is going on, Jesus is fighting for you. He's there with you. He's celebrating with you and he's in that battle with you. Let's sing this morning.
children to go downstairs now. Um, so head on out, enjoy your groups. We pray that you would meet with God there. Um, and if you don't know where you're going, it's that way. Um, and then just keep following all the other people. Um, and yeah, we pray that God would bless our children and their workers and we thank God for them as they head downstairs. And whilst we stay here and, in, and uh, meet with God where we are, we're going to carry on singing now. Amen.
Father, we just want to thank you and praise you for you are our mighty God. Oh, Father, I just love you. We just worship you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us on the cross. And we praise you that death could not hold you, that you are alive and you are with us and you are our God and our Savior. You're our strength. You're our Redeemer. And I just want to tell you, Father, thank you, Jesus. We love you so much and we want to worship and honor you forever. Amen. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you. You are so wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity just to worship you, to praise you, to draw near to you, to, to experience more of this wonderful relationship we have with you, Lord. And uh, yeah, just continue to praise you as we uh, draw into this time of communion, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, folks. Well, I think get communion first, and then, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an evolving uh, <laughs> service. Or, or as Katie and I like to call it, winging it. Winging it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're just going to be uh, taking communion now. And uh, communion is about remembering but actually, all that we're doing is about remembering. It's about remembering who God is, that he created us, that he not only created the heavens and the earth, not only did he create us, but he created us for a relationship with him. It's about remembering that that relationship was lost all the way back in the, the Garden of Eden. But it's also, more importantly, about remembering Jesus died to restore that relationship. As we take communion, we, we take a piece of bread and we take, in our case, some juice. And it reminds us of Christ's sacrifice, of his body broken and his blood poured out on that cross. And it reminds us that we are restored into relationship with him. It's also an opportunity just to pause and consider that relationship we have with him. God delights over us. He forgives us our sin. He wants that relationship to be completely restored, to be close. But us, we still sin, and that sin still gets in the way. And so as we, before we take communion, it's good just to remember before him that we are still capable of sin and to deal with those things, to just spend a few moments before God, let the Holy Spirit speak into our hearts and say, actually, this needs dealing with. Let's sort this out before we take communion. So we're just going to pause now, just take a few moments. Just come before God. However you feel works for you, and say, ask the Holy Spirit just to, to uh, you know, to restore that relationship, to deal with that sin, and to draw you closer. 
Let's do that now. Father, I thank you. This incredible love demonstrated through Jesus on the cross. That relationship that you wanted, it was so important to you that you allowed your son, you sent your son to die, to take our place, to restore that relationship. But not even leaving it there, you've poured out your Holy Spirit upon us. We are part of your family. You are with us always. And we just thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray not only for closer relationships for each one of us, but those chains that bound us in the past would all be broken. That things that have held on for so long that in our lives, I pray even now, through your spirit, you would break those chains, bringing complete freedom and a closer, more wonderful relationship with you. Draw us nearer to you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit once again upon us, that we would be just filled to overflowing, knowing your amazing grace in our lives and enabling us to live each day for you Lord. Amen. If you're new or you've not been here when we've done communion, we believe that communion is for all believers. So if you believe and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, then this communion is for you. And uh, there are four tables around the room. There's bread and juice. And uh, we tend to just share together. So we may pray for each other during this time or spend some time uh, in quiet contemplation. And if you uh, require gluten-free, then there's a, a blue basket here at this table uh, with a gluten-free in little packets in there. So we're just going to spend a bit of time. It may be an opportunity to serve someone else, to pray for someone else. But we're going to spend some time before God and uh, just enjoy this time of remembrance of what he's done for us. So uh, can I invite you to, uh, to get up and uh, head and take communion together. Thank you. In a moment, uh, Andrew's going to come and share.
But uh, just before we do, I wanted to um, highlight if our exploring membership course that uh, in the past has been uh, on a Saturday, but actually this time we're going to be having it next Sunday during the meeting. So uh, if you're interested in finding out a bit more about becoming a, a member of a Harvest Church, there are some clipboards over on the table. Please uh, sign up. I say this is uh, the course is happening next Sunday during the meeting. Um, if you do sign up, please do sign up so that we can uh, send out the, uh, the information to you beforehand so you can get to uh, spend a bit of time reading through it. So that's if you're interested in uh, membership or just finding out a bit more about us, um, please do sign up. So I'm going to hand over now to Andrew. Great, thank you, Sean. I wonder whether you remember many years ago there was a, a phase where people used to do this experiment where it was all about building trust and they'd pick on somebody and say, well, I'm going to catch you. I want you to fall over and I'll catch you in my arms. Does anybody remember this? Would it be helpful to have a demonstration? Should I pick on someone? <laughs> no, no, no volunteers. I thought the youth may be up for this particularly. Reese, Daniel, no, come, no, okay, no, don't worry. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, but you, know, you then saw some hilarious instances happen. I say hilarious, actually, they were a little bit concerning, where perhaps the person catching left it a bit long, and it was more like the person hit the ground, but sort of slightly held in their arms, or, uh, and, and yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a bit weird, really, wasn't it? You know, it's all about developing trust, I think. Particularly firms did it as team-building exercises. Um, and, uh, you know, you trust each other. You're happy to close your eyes and just fall back into the arms of the person behind you. And uh, I wonder what, if you ever experienced it, I wonder what sort of questions you'd have wanted to ask. There are sort of questions which, perhaps if you're on a team-building exercise, you didn't feel you could ask, such as, how strong are you? Do you understand what the rules are? You are meant to catch me, in other words. Um, what experience do you have of catching people? Maybe another good question. Or have you ever done this before? Or I guess the really, really fundamental question was this. Have you ever dropped someone? <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I would have always wanted to be caught by somebody who wasn't like me, somebody who didn't have a bad back. In fact, I would want to be caught by somebody like Rob here. Rob is a good strapping man. Uh, he's about six foot, he's taller than me, he's muscly, uh, and I think I could trust him to catch me in any situation. But I would not want to have been caught by me, a weakling who may, probably would have just dropped. Trust's a funny old thing, isn't it? And today I want to talk about trust. How can we know when we can trust God? Is God trustworthy? You see, we often use this word faith, but really what we mean by faith is putting our trust in. 
And uh, this morning, if we could have the PowerPoint up, please, Judith, that'd be great. We are looking at how can we step out in faith, in trust. How can we learn to trust God? In uh, uh, Lamentations, which we're loosely basing this series on, in fact, uh, last week we also read this, uh, we read, uh, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That is, we're not consumed as in we're taken away because of our guilt and our, uh, yeah, we've just celebrated communion. Yeah, that's why we're not going to be consumed, because we've been forgiven. We're not going to be consumed by fire. We're not going to lose our lives in that sense of uh, losing our lives. No, we surrender our lives to Jesus. And because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. God is compassionate. And then he goes on and says this, they are new every morning. Well, what's that? The God's compassions is new every morning. His love is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. Great is your faithfulness. And this morning I want to ask a few questions around, well, how do we put that into practice? How do we know that's even true? How do, can we grow? How can we learn to step out in faith, in trust? How can we grow in our trust of God? So uh, I've got three questions. You may have a whole load of other ones, but I hope these ones help. The first one, I think, is this. It's fundamental to everything. Is God really trustworthy? I hear a deep intake of breath from a few in the room, maybe many in the room. Maybe you didn't actually do the deep intake of breath, but you wanted to, but you thought, this is a church, I can't do that, so I'll just be very polite and it's okay. But actually, goodness me, Andrew, how can you ask that question? Well, because we need to be real. And actually, most of us, if not all of us, will want to ask this question on a regular basis because of the situation we're in, because of the circumstances we're in. We may be going, oh, I do believe God's trustworthy, but at the moment, oh, is God trustworthy? He's not coming through in how I want him to answer this prayer or deal with this situation. We may have had experiences where we feel God has let us down. He's not done what we hoped he was going to do. We may have said, we've, I put my faith in Jesus over this, and he's not come through. Let's understand, if we don't resolve these issues in our lives, if we leave them to fester in our hearts and our minds, what will end up happening is we lessen, we reduce our trust in God. These things, these issues which happen, these, these uh, scenarios, whether it be suffering or hardship or just an unanswered prayer or, or prayer answered in a way we didn't want it answering, if we don't deal with them, what will end up happening is our trust, our faith in God will diminish. You know, if you leave stuff buried... You know, we can just say, oh, I'll just bury it in my life. If you leave stuff buried in your life, what happens is it rots. And when stuff rots, it stinks. And it will pollute your life. Today, you may be here and you may be going, oh, ow. 
I've been so disappointed about this in my walk with God. That hurts. I'm feeling that. I know that's me. Friends, please, let's come to God. If God is God, he can cope with our disappointment. If God is really God, he can give us peace where we have trouble. If God is really God, we can come when we are disappointed or when something has happened and he will intervene in our lives and help us resolve it. We don't need to hide it away and go, oh, I'm, I don't, I just don't want to deal with that. No, no, our loving Heavenly Father, if he's full of compassion as we just read, you know, what, sort, what sort of father would not want to help us resolve something? Go back to your own childhood and your relationship with your dad. Maybe he wasn't that good at resolving things. Maybe he didn't engage. Let's not take that and put it on our almighty heavenly father. Maybe you as a parent and you feel, oh, I wish I'd engaged more with my kids when they're of an age. I wish I'd helped them through that disappointment, that trouble, that hardship. Or maybe you actually gave yourself fully to that. Know that that is how your father is, and yet he's far more. He's far more perfect. He's far more able. He's far more engaging than any of us could ever be because he's the perfect one, where we're not. Is God really Trustworthy. Do you know, this is one of those fundamental questions which will determine our journey. Often what happens with Christians in our lives is when we come to a faith in God, it's all great and it's lovely and it's wonderful and we're enjoying worshipping him. And then trouble strikes, then hardship strikes, then the suffering. And that is a pivotal moment in our lives where either we can choose to uh, engage with it and find God in the hardship, find God in the suffering, find God in the trouble, or we can back off. And if we back off, what ends up happening is our relationship becomes a little bit more distant with God. I wonder whether that's situation for some of us here today, where we know we're holding out on God because he didn't do what we expected him to do, whatever it may well be. And our loving Heavenly Father wants to come and draw us closer to him. He wants to help us see his compassions are endless. They, they never fail. They never run out. He is a compassionate God. They never fail. And he wants to draw us closer to him. He wants to embrace us. He wants to help us see how he is faithful. But, <laughs> but understand, that doesn't mean that the circumstances may change, but our approach to the circumstances will change. Because we'll meet him afresh in them. Is God really trustworthy? I wonder what stops us putting our trust in God. Maybe here's a few suggestions. A wrong view of God. Maybe you think of God as a, like a genie. You rub the lamp and he appears and he does whatever you command. 
that's not the God we come to. I wonder what your view of God is. I wonder whether you'd be prepared to pray this prayer. God, open my eyes to see you afresh. Lord, I want to see you afresh. Help me, Lord, to see you afresh. To see you in your majesty. To see your love, your grace, your mercy. Overwhelm me with your love. That's, I, be, I believe our Heavenly Father wants to do that in each and every one of us today. If that's you and you want that, you can ask for that. Even now, you can say, God, I want to see you afresh. I want to know you afresh. I wonder what other things may stop us trusting him. I think one of them can be that we sometimes misunderstand his word. and We, we feel like there's some formulas in his word. Uh, money, that's a great one, isn't it? Well, if I give money away, if I'm faithful because God's told me to give money away, he will give me more back, won't he? No. The word does not say that. The word says he will provide for our needs. That's what we can trust him with. He will provide for our needs according to his great riches. That's what he's able to do. But he doesn't necessarily, you know, it's lovely hearing stories. Don't get me wrong when, you know, somebody in a gift week or an offering has given a, uh, they felt God provoked them to give a large amount of money and then they've got a, a tax rebate or whatever it is and they find they've even got more back. That's great. I'm not putting that down at all. But that is not what the word says. We can't expect that. We can't say that's our faith. That God, no, no, God will provide for our needs. That's what his word says. What about fear of failure or fear of other things? That can stop us trusting God, can't it? Fear of other people's disapproval. A whole load of other fears. That can uh, prevent us from trusting him. A wrong view of the prophetic can stop us trusting him. Well, God, God said he was going to do this, and it's never happened. Well, what did God say? Oh, well, and, and have you responded to what he said? Well, God said I was going to be a missionary to China. And so what did you do as part of the preparation for that? Well, I've done nothing. God can do it all. What, so you've not tried learning Chinese? No, in fact, I don't even like Chinese food. Okay. And so how was that word weighed? And what were the conditions attached to that word? Because often when prophecy comes, there are things that God's doing. He's wanting to draw us into. It's a journey, not just, oh, well, that's going to happen. Now you may say, that's a silly thing, Andrew. But I tell you what, I regularly end up having conversations with people who say, well, I think God said this, but he's never delivered it. And I'm fed up with God. Well, maybe you've misheard. Maybe you missed the 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 um, the, the the promises which are the the, the the conditions which are attached to that. Maybe it was never weighed well. You know, God's not going to prophesy and speak into our lives something which isn't in the Bible. So, yeah, is it biblical what, what was said? But, you know, when that happens, then we can stop trusting. We can go, well, I'm holding out on God because he's not really done that. He's not really delivered what I expected. Past history, experiences, past history, disappointments. 
There's so many different things here which can stop us trusting God. Our own story can uh, hinder us in trusting God. Our lack of uh, sense of understanding of who we are in Christ. Actually, do you know you are loved and lovable? Who are you talking to here, Andrew? You say, each and every one of us. The Bible tells us that. You are loved by God. Because you're loved by God, you are lovable. You are worthy of love. You'd receive God's love. Do you know somebody, even maybe a few people here today who are really struggling with that concept. No, God, God puts up with me. He doesn't love me. No, God loves you. Yeah, but he never ever does anything to show his love. Really? How are you holding out that God's got to show you his love? Are you controlling God or is God in uh, lordship over your life? There's other things, uh, misunderstanding where responsibilities lie. You know, <laughs> it's a bit like the money situation, you know, prayer for healing. Our responsibility is to pray, it's God's responsibility to heal. We part whether somebody gets healed with God. We can't force God to heal anyone. If we can, he wouldn't be God any longer. We would. So it's not about how much faith you've got. It's not about the, uh, the, so many of these things you hear sometimes said, oh, you aren't healed because. But let, hey, let's not make that stop us from praying for people to be healed. We know God loves to heal people. He doesn't heal everyone. We don't understand why that is. We can come up with all sorts of fluting ideas, but actually the reality is we don't really understand that. But we do understand he's sovereign, and therefore we can trust him, and therefore we can seek him. And because we know he's love, and he, he loves us, we can bring people to him in prayer and look for healing. You know, so easy. I don't know whether any of you have ever done this. Confession time? Got, you've, you've reached out to somebody, you've gone for it, you've prayed for somebody, and they've not got healed. And then the next time there's an opportunity to pray for somebody for healing, you think, no, I won't bother. God doesn't answer that prayer. He didn't answer it last time. Why should I do it this time? And somebody else misses out on a blessing as to you. Because maybe that next time is when God wants to reach out. Do you know, some of the times I've prayed for people and seen them healed, I've been the times where I felt least able to pray for them, least able to do anything at all, <laughs> least, <laughs> least running with faith so much as, uh, you know, it's one of those prayers which go, oh God. Anybody else do ever pray like that? Oh God, we need you to do something here. Oh God, I can't, I'm out of it. I can't do anything. Oh God. You heal some, and so I'm going to pre keep praying for people to be healed. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting in your character. I'm going to keep trusting in your word, which reveals you're a healing God. And I'm going to keep praying for healing. So at the same point in time, I'm also going to pray that people find the grace of God and the peace of God, because I know you also give those things. And sometimes you don't get healed because you want to do other things in a person's life. So I'm going to pray for their best. With all of this, let's remember God's compassions 
never fail. He is a compassionate God. He is a loving Heavenly Father. Can we really trust God? Is God really trustworthy? I want to say to you, yes, absolutely he is. He is the great I am. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the King of all kings. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And if you wonder where I'm getting all these words from, they're all coming from Scripture. Let's trust him. Let's trust him. How do we know he's trustworthy? Well, from the word. The, the Bible reveals that God is faithful. We have it in this passage here, plus loads of other verses also, which reveal that God is faithful. But we can also uh, learn about the faithfulness of God by sharing testimonies. Just want to remind us, we don't, we don't very often use these, but they're, they're kicking around. We have these cards that says, this is my story on the back. It's mainly blank because you can write your story of how God has met with you in a situation. And you know, it's lovely when we have testimony Sundays. Don't they strengthen you when you hear what God's been doing in people's hearts and lives? Aren't they a wonderful thing? Well, yeah, we, we, we continue to do that, but you don't have to wait for a testimony Sunday to share a testimony. You can put one of these cards in. They're over on the, the table over there and, and just pop it in the offering box, which is on the table over there. And, and then you know, we can share it sometime. We'll find an appropriate point to share it. Or we can just come forward on a Sunday morning and speak to whoever's hosting and say, hey, can I share a testimony this morning? Great, yes, let's. Because those testimonies do two things. They bring glory to God. And in bringing glory to God and lifting God high, they help each one of us to engage with him. Friends, if we have a testimony and we don't share it, we are robbing other people in our church of the opportunity to both celebrate what God's done but also to grow in their faith, to be strengthened in their trust of God. Let's please share testimonies. Okay, I really need to move on from this first point, but it's so important, isn't it? Can you resolve this in your heart? Is God really trustworthy? Do you really trust him? Do you think he's trustworthy? Or do you, have you still got some reservations? If you have, let's work on them. Let's feed on the word. Let's uh, hear testimonies from others. Let's uh, 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 find ways to meet with God and encounter him in worship, in adoration. And let's let go of those things which are, are blocking us, those, that history where disappointments have festered. Let's draw close to him because he wants to draw close to us. Second question. Statement and a question. We all have more to grow in trusting God. What's my next step? How can I grow in trusting God? Now, I've sort of already partly moved on to this, so I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. Address your past. If there's things which are causing you to hold out on God, address your past. Resolve past disappointments. Secondly, read more of the word Yes, to feed your soul, to feed your spirit, because the word reveals who God is. But also read books which uh, uh, provoke you to draw closer to God. Um, I've got a book here in front of me. It's called Smith Wigglesworth, The Secret of His Power by Albert Hibbert. I very much doubt it's in print any longer. I don't know. 
Uh, I got this while uh, living in Swaziland, according to what I've written in the inside front cover in July 1984, so it's quite an old book, to say the least. Uh, I'm just showing something of my age here. Uh, it's also fairly well-thumbed. Why is it well-thumbed? Because this is the story, it's a, it's a biography, and it's not the only biography of a man who, uh, who enjoyed great intimacy with God, who was uh, led by his spirit, who grew in faith and exercised great faith and had a profound effect on our nation. Now, you may or may not have even heard of him. You may be going, who? Smith who? Smith Wigglesworth. You may want to look him up and have a read. You can borrow this book. Whoever gets to me first, you can borrow it, but I do want it back. Um, uh, you may want to read about Jackie Pullinger's story or lots of other stories. Friends, we have a library downstairs in our quiet room, which most of the time feels like Billy No Mates because nobody ever goes down there and goes and talks to it and, and takes books from it and says, thank you for your books, and then brings them back. Even if you don't bring them back, we're not too worried about whether you bring them back or not. It's full of biographies, amazing stories of how God meets individuals, of how God changes people's lives whether it's biographies on some of the, the great heroes of, of, uh, of the last sort of two, three centuries, um, Wesley, Whitfield, Shaftesbury, people like that. Amazing stories of faith, whether it's more recent, Jackie, um, uh, Jackie Pullinger, uh, people like that. Why don't you read biographies? They're wonderful ways of feeding our spirit, of helping us to draw closer to God. Going, God, if you could do it through them, maybe you can do something through me. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber who had virtually no education and yet had one of the most powerful ministries in the 20th century in England. Saw all sorts of miracles, healing, people healed of cancer, all sorts of amazing things. Read biographies. Uh, what else can we do? We engage more with God in prayer, in worship, in surrender, in encounter, in relational obedience. That's one of our uh, the phrases that I've been using recently. Hey, when God says, hey, can you do this? Go, yes. Every time you do that, what you're doing is you're exercising faith. And it's a bit like a muscle. Every time you exercise a muscle, it grows a little bit more. And yet at the same time, if we don't, they turn flabby and you turn weak. Which one's it going to be? Am I going to exercise faith? Am I going to grow in faith? Am I going to take those opportunities God gives me when he prompts me to do something? And you say, oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll risk that. I'll do that. Expressing unconditional love to someone. Perhaps somebody you really struggled with paying for somebody shopping in the, in the queue in Sainsbury's because you felt God's compassion for them. You wanted to express something, God's love. All sorts of different things we can do. We can do it in the church. We can do it outside of the church. Friends, let's also make healthy choices. It's a bit of a catchphrase, isn't it? The government keeps on talking about making healthy choices. They're talking about you know, your five a day and all that sort of stuff. Friends, we can also make healthy choices to grow in our faith, grow in our trust in God. Being together on a Sunday. You know, coming on a Sunday isn't just a meeting. 
It's an encounter with God. It's an encounter with each other where we can help each other grow in the grace of God, where we can help each other grow in our faith and trust in God, where we hear stories of what God's been doing, where we're challenged and uh, helped by the word, where we're prayed for uh, one another as we celebrate communion together. There's so many different things happen on a Sunday where we grow in relationships. Sundays, life groups, other opportunities when we can gather, they're precious things. Let's make the most of them. Let's make healthy choices. And let's also welcome his spirit more into our lives. Let's, as scripture encourages us, go on being filled with his spirit who produces his fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All those things we need. Who gives us gifts who draws us to the Father, who reminds us we're loved and cherished, because he also reminds us who the Father is. Full of compassion, never failing, faithful to the end. Can I just say, if we don't do these things, if we don't take those steps, the opposite will happen. We'll grow distant from God. Do you want to grow distant from God? Or do you want to get closer? Third question. If we're talking uh, about actually exercising faith, growing faith, taking steps of faith, let's just talk about a few things we may want to do. <laughs> Where should I work my faith next? What shall I do? How will I grow faith? Well, we've already talked about life groups, uh, church... Uh, meetings, other things. But we can also do that in our workplace. We can do it in our home. We can do it in our neighbourhood. We can do it in our college or school or wherever else we are each and every day. We can take a step up. Uh, sorry, step out. We can step out in faith and we can express love we can do it through sharing our testimony with somebody who doesn't yet know Jesus. We can do it through how we steward the resources God gives us. Our time, our money, our home, our career, the gifts he's given us, ministries, all sorts of things. How we steward that. Do we steward it well? Do we exercise faith in, in managing that? Or do we just think, oh no, no that's, not, that's not God's department. I don't need any faith for that. I can, I can manage that by myself. Well, God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. In his provision, growing in trust that God will supply all of our needs, not just financial needs, emotional needs, physical needs, all sorts of different types of needs, including grace and peace, peace to still anxiety and fear, grace that when we're when things aren't going as we want, we can still draw close to God and know he sustains us through them. Because that's what he wants to do, because he's faithful. Other places we can grow in trusting God, the miraculous, looking for signs and wonders, looking for healing, looking for salvations, looking for forgiveness, looking for opportunities to express something of the kingdom of God coming today in, this, in, in and through our lives. Perhaps moving into a new area of ministry. Maybe God's been speaking to you about something and you've been saying, no, don't want to do it. 
Do you know when that happens, there's a bit of a problem. And you may think the problem's with God, but actually the problem's with yourself. When God calls us, particularly if he's clearly calling us, where you know absolutely he's calling us, you say, I don't really want to do it. Can I encourage us? Let's try and take a step of faith. Yeah, Sean came and shared something this morning. Remind us what you shared? You may or may not have heard much, most of that. Uh, I'll, very, very potted summary. <laughs> Sean was wanting to encourage us that we have a relationship with God which is going to do us more good than any of the other things uh, which neuroscientists was talking about because God wants to express his love to us. Now, for some of us, that would have really spoken into our hearts and lives. And you'd be going, yeah, God, I need that. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, God, I want this. I need this. If Sean hadn't taken that step of faith, other people in this room would not be blessed now. Maybe you can take a step of faith like that for somebody else. Be an appointment for God with somebody else. Bring something of God's heart into a situation. Maybe it's time to think about, on a Sunday, not just thinking, well, I come to receive, but I come to give. Lord, what have you got for me to give today? Well, how can I exercise my faith today when we gather together as a life group, when we gather together on a Sunday? Uh, or, or maybe it's, uh, uh, Lord, maybe I've been holding back, but I think I need to start serving on a team somewhere. Great place for discipleship, great place for personal growth, great place to outwork faith. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's in the area of children's ministries or social, social action. Maybe it's on our Sunday teams. It could be a whole load of different things. Pastoral care. That takes faith. Are we going to exercise faith? Are we going to step out in faith? Or are we going to hold back and go, no, no, I can't. Well, it's not really about what I can do. It's about what God can do in me. Or maybe steps of obedience, such as believers' baptism. Hey, we've got baptism coming up in about uh, six weeks' time, something like that, seven weeks' time. Easter Sunday morning, great time to celebrate God's goodness, risen Jesus, <laughs> victorious over sin and death. I think we've got two, three, four, five, six people already wanting to get baptized, which is great. I say two, three, four, five, six, because I'm really never quite sure until the day when we get there. I know it's at least two. Um, you, you may be thinking about baptism. Maybe you've been holding off on baptism for some time. Maybe you've been actually holding out on God going, I don't really need to be baptized. I've been a believer years. Why should I get baptized now? Well, to me, it feels like well, it's one of the first steps of obedience for a believer. Believe and be baptized. And it may be 10, 20, 30 years ago since you were saved, and you may have done other things, but never actually done it. Well, maybe it's time to actually do it and to recognize that call is it easy? Is it convenient? Well, in one sense it is. In another sense, it's really costly because you're signifying the death of yourself and you're being prepared to be a public uh, and make a public proclamation before others of, hey, Jesus, I'm for you. We've got a booklet, Believe and Be Baptized. They're on the table over there. If you haven't been baptized as a believer, I would encourage you to grab hold of one. But it may not be a, a, a big step like that. It may be a small step 
Something else which says, I just want to say God is in control of my life. God is sovereign in my life. And therefore, I will step out in faith. And that's where I really want to stop. Let's be a people who step out in faith. Faith is about trust. It's about trusting God. It's about trusting how he leads us, how he directs our lives. Can we have the band back, please? And uh, faith flows or... Uh, um, it flows from knowing him and doing the journey of life with God. As we come to know him and then as we journey through life with him, we've got two options. We can grow in faith, we can grow in trusting God, or we can hold back and find that it weakens and becomes flabby like an unused muscle. Which one's it going to be today? Now, it would be very easy to go for a, a response at this point. Actually, I just want us to worship. And in that worship, you may well want to say, God, I want to let go. I want to surrender this to you. I want to surrender this hurt, this pain, this disappointment, these, these reasons why I've not trusted. And so as we just enjoy worshipping God together uh, during this song, do that if that's the case. If you feel that the Father has called you to step up and step out in other ways, then why not say, God, I make this part of my worship to you. I'll trust you. So, uh, Katie, Ban, please help us to worship him. Let's stand. Thank you, Andrew. We're going to sing, If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move.
Lord, I pray that there would be a desperation within us to know your presence, to see our faith increase, and to want to step out in serving you. Lord, may we be known as a people who are going for God, available, desiring your ways putting our trust fully in you, for you are faithful. Amen. So just to, to wrap up our time then, um, next Sunday evening we have our, our church meeting and it's at uh, 7.30 in the evening here. Uh, you're welcome if you feel that this, is, this is, Harvest Church is your church, please do come along. Um, to that, so 7.30 next Sunday evening. 
uh, guests, I hope uh, you were welcomed by our welcome team and were given a welcome pack. In there, there's a Connect card. Please do fill it out and put it in the box over there. If you didn't get one, there should be a, there will be some on the table over there or speak to some of the folk in the, uh, the purple zoodies, I'm told. Zoodies. There you go. Okay, so it's now time to conclude our meeting. Refreshments through in the cafe area. Parents, please uh, go and collect your children. Thank you.